Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by assholeconsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Greetings and salutations. We are we're in the shed, guys. We are in the shed. We are in the fucking shed. Oh no, freaking shed. It's the Curse Free Podcast, which I botched up in the first five seconds. Uh, but I'm excited. I have this is the first official recording of the Clary Podcast in the new recording studios built by yours truly. The acoustics I tested it so far. They kind of they seem to come in all right. Uh, but man, I just. It, it came together last night. I finally put the carpet in. I got a desk. I got a little light. I should probably take a picture. It'd be easier to take a picture and explain. But it is like this cozy little, you could almost call it man cave. It's a study. You know what? No, no. It's a study. That's what it is. It is a study. Uh, that's kind of, that's that's the word I was looking for. Because I got this nice shaded lamp. I got this little desk. It served no purpose in the house. The girlfriend had it there simply to take up more freaking room. So, you know, oh, I, I like banging my hips into things. Because why, why would you want to not bang your hips into things? Let's put things at Aaron's hip level so that he bangs into them. So I, I confiscated that table. I got a nice little desk lamp. Uh, ran some electricity out here. Completely soundproof. Everything. The doors got a little work. We got to do a little bit of work with the doors. It kind of... They, they were expecting things to be locked in from the outside, not me turning this into a recording studio. Um, but with the... It's just cozy in here. It's nice and warm. You could tell, like, none of the noise is getting out. We sound tested it for uh, a couple days, different places. Like, can you hear me outside? No. Can you hear me now? No. The goal was not to hear me. But then last night when I... You know, I kind of went to. The, it gets it gets to be night at 4 p.m. out here in Minnesota because that's when the sun goes down. So I went to Walmart, got some carpet to put down, and had my little my little fold-out chair. That's the luxury fold-out chair. Got the desk, got the lamp, and then when I plugged it in, it was like it was like lighting up the Christmas tree except for men. And it just looked cozy. It looked inviting. Got a little space heater. Thing heats up in a matter of minutes. And, uh, yeah, you could just, it's like being in the closet from South Park. We're not coming out of the closet. Oh, wow, man, it's, like, really cool here in the closet. Like, no one wants to come out of the closet. This is the shed. No one's going to want to come out of this shed. I could spend hours. It's almost like you could read in this den. It's 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 a shed, den, reading, podcasting, sound. I could have guys here. If there weren't these support structures, I could probably get a good game of poker going on. But it's all mine. All mine. No girls are allowed in here. No guys. Well, I guess I could invite guys in. But no no girls. No no girly things. No crap. No doilies. No baubles. No. Oh, I think. No, there's none of this you think. Because this is not yours. This is not yours. This is mine. 
Actually, I don't really. There is no like, okay, I'll let you take over the place, sweetheart. I, I did not do that. But, it, but you know, when you live together with somebody, obviously they have to put their stuff where it's not. And this is all mine. All mine. My domain. And it's cool. Everybody, I even showed my tennis like, oh, wow. They said, oh, wow, man, it's really cool in the shit. That's from South Park, if you guys don't get that. That was, uh, what's his name? Vinnie Barbarino. What was that guy? John Travolta. Watch the thing. It was very funny what I just did there. You guys are just uncultured, so you don't know why it's funny. So it's the uh, it's the Clary Podcast. How are you guys doing? The Curse Free. Uh, the first episode. And uh, it has been... I don't know why. I felt tired. I've been tired all the time. I don't know if I'm getting old. And we're all going to go dancing. We're going to go dance. See Vic Valari and the Valari Lounge Orchestra. And I just... I don't know if it's the sun going down or what. This is the first year, and maybe some of you old-timers could tell me this, but I don't have the energy anymore. Yes, I was sick. Yes, I know that. I I was tired and sick. And I've been pushing it, certainly riding all over. But then I got back. I said, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to go on any more motorcycle rides. We're not going to do any fly out to this or fly out to that. I just wanted to stay in my house, get it winterized, get it done. And uh, just banged out a ton of work. As you may have noticed, there's been some higher quality posted consistency over at the blog. That's what happens when I'm not driving all over the place playing Indiana Jones. Uh, but then you'd think, oh, okay, now I got the I could get back. I was looking for that. I could get back. I could work out, hit the gym. And honestly, I don't know what happens. I do all my work during the daytime. And then I, I wake up at, at 10 or 11. I should have all the energy in the world. And then it's once, not necessarily when the sun goes down, but then the girlfriend gets back from work, 6 p.m. or so. What do you want to do? I want to sit and do absolutely nothing. No, I don't want to go out. And then when you go out, it's actually like a physical chore. Like when I was younger, you could tell you were testing your physical limits because like your gut, your whole body was just revolting at the idea of like, look, we got three hours sleep. We can't do a 20-hour shift. It's like, too bad. We got to do it. But that made sense. That was three-hour sleep, 20-hour shift, running all over Tarnation. Now, 12-hour sleep, 10-hour sleep. I've been up seven, six hours. And now my body is that exact same, I don't know, uh, crippling fear, that 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 knot in your stomach that forms. You're like, Ugh. Maybe the guys in the military, when you got to wake up at 4 a.m. when the drill instructor comes and he forces you to run up a hill. That kind of feeling in your stomach. But there's no reason for it this time. I was like, I should have all the energy in the world. I'm just wondering, I'm getting old? Am I am I sick? Like, do I have the cancer? Do I have the herpes AIDS? What, it just does And I've, then I talked to my friends. I'm like, we went out to this club. Club. Shitty-ass, crappy-ass bar. And um, saw, saw an okay band. And I remember by the time we left, no more than 15 years ago, that's the time I'd be showing up after teaching my dance classes. I would work a full-time job, going to work, you know, like 7.45, leave at 5, go drive down to wherever it was, teach three hours of classes on my feet, then pull back into town. And then by the time I was pulling back into town, it was about 9.30 or 10 o'clock, even 10.30. And then I dance some more, salsa dancing, swing dancing, whatever. Then at about one, I'd go to bed, and then I'd wake up at about seven and do it all over again. And now with the, with the 
with the limitless, the unlimited amount of sleep and relaxation. Now it's like, oh boy, it's nine o'clock. What the hell? And I understand I could be getting older, but it was like this year, guy. Like this has been more pronounced than any other year. I would, if one of you old timers are out there, if you could tell me what's going on, like did it happen to you like that year, like one year, bam, or did you ease into it? There's a, there's a piece of me that's worried, like, well, what if I do have a sickness? What if I'm not getting enough air in my lungs? What if, like, you know, my oxygen blood content or oxygen content in my blood is not high enough? What if there's something wrong with my spleen or whatever puts oxygen into blood? I guess that would be the lungs, wouldn't it? No, I guess I guess I do know that much. In it. Is there something wrong with my lungs? Oh, I didn't even know. Right now, I had two cups of coffee. Sat at my bar, had two cups of coffee, did a link fest, getting a little bit more disciplined and structured with the posting. And uh I just wanna come back home and take a nap. I didn't I didn't do anything. I got I didn't even take a shower this morning. I got up, I put on some clothes, went right to the bar, had the two cups of coffee, worked on the link fest, which you can find on Captain Capitalism at blogspot.com. And then uh and then like I'm almost like dozing off at the bar. Like I had two cups of coffee. How is this happening? I say, forget. I gotta, I gotta go home. And oh, I was looking forward to it. It's, it is like Christmas. It was like lighting up the Christmas tree when I plugged it in and the lights turned on. But I did have to get back and do this podcast in my in my brand new studio. But that's the only reason. <sighs> Man, that's the only reason I had the energy, the excitement. Like when you're a kid, you could do anything. First mountains you climb. Oh, you could do anything now. Even with this excitement, I want to finish off this podcast and then go lie down. I can't. I gotta go to the gym. Oh, I'm sick. I'm gonna die. Anyway, uh, what we got? Oh, I saw this on. Uh, I don't even want to call it news because this is drama and, and BS. And I can't even call it Yahoo News because I don't. I don't follow Yahoo News. I really don't. The only problem is back in the day, uh, I was one of the first people on the first day that Yahoo offered free email. Which is a f- totally foreign concept. Like, well, wait a minute. How can email be on the internet? It has to be on my computer. That's how old and far back. 1997, that's how far back we're going. So I have always had a Yahoo email. And then as things have evolved and Yahoo has gone down the toilet, um, they throw up just, just, it's not news. It's drama. It's sensationalism. It's brown journalism. I can't even call it that. It's like walking through the grocery store aisle and looking at the People magazine rack. That's that's the quality and caliber of news. It's predominantly for chicks. Just go to Yahoo News. I mean, heck, let's do it now. Let's pull this up. I can we can go back to that article later. Yahoo.com. We'll go to the Yahoo News. And here it is. The first thing I want to talk about is this teacher's racist rant. Uh, unbreakable Kimmy. This is the first one. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt actress dead after apparent suicide. Don't care. Don't know who she is. Whoopi Goldberg tells Donald Trump, I'm not going anywhere on The View. Well, that that was it. Uh, Mariah Carey and Nick Cannon's divorce settlement reveals they definitely aren't loaded. Uh, Apple admits iPhone touch disease blames users and offers 149. <laughs> I, do you, so you see, you see, I mean, it is walking through the, the, the grocery checkout aisle. And and I'm sorry, ladies. I'm sorry. It's you. I know. I know the guys. We have our stupid sports ball. I understand. It's the opposite side of the same coin. 
but it's predominantly dumb broads uh, who read that. And if you're a smart broad who reads that, even you will admit, yeah, it's a guilty pleasure and you shouldn't be reading it. Uh, but this was on the front one. That's why uh, this was like the, the top news article, but they linked to the Daily Mail, which in itself is a tabloid as well, but we're going to read through it anyway. Uh, white public school teacher is fired for yelling at her black class. You're going to be a bunch of punk-ass niggers who get shot. Uh, a polling rant occurred Tuesday at Harlem Park Elementary Middle School in Baltimore. White female teachers calls class stupid and idiots, saying they're giving up on their education and, and life and will get shot. Video went viral after mother one of the students put it on Facebook. School's confirmed teacher was fired as a result of the video. Uh, an appalling video taken inside a Baltimore school has captured a white teacher unleashing a racist rant against their school of black students, calling them stupid idiots and saying they will end up getting shot. Baltimore City Public School spokeswoman uh, Eddie, Eddie or Eddie? Eddie House Foster said in a statement Thursday that the science teacher at Harlem Park Elementary School was fired off the video, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so <clears throat> she's going through it. Now, if you look at her, it's great. It is it is great. She, a couple things to pull from this. Not, and we're not even going to bother worrying about it, what she what happened happened everything came out right as it should you don't you don't curse and swear you so as you certainly don't call them racial epithets um the lady got fired so th- this is all said and and on the other side i'm sure she just broke out in a racist rant for s's and g's it was just totally not provoked and uh she is right in that one regard these kids are going to go and uh they're probably not going to achieve much it's <laughs> But the two things I really love about this, or actually the one thing I love about this and then the one lesson uh, to pull from it, is the, the teachers. Teachers. It, I love it when these people screw themselves over. I love it when following their religion, it's it's almost, here's how almost precious it is. It is almost as precious as when these scumbag young girls, these traitors, veritable traitors that should be shot and never allowed back in Western civilization, is when they go over to ISIS or some Islamic terrorist group, and then they think that they're being cool, or they're going to be rebels, or they got it so bad, and then they get turned into raped, uh, not victims, certainly victims. I mean, you can't even call them victims, that's what they want, but they turn out to be... Uh, what, what, what rape concubines rape tools rape toys they and they they thought they knew so much better they are so smug they're so superior that you people in America and your western civilization and your freedoms and your capitalism and your liberty you're all just evil evil racist nazi you pick it pick your and if you look at this gal there's no guarantee but you look at this gal and you can see she was totally this perfect leftist stooge she believed in their teachers. She believed she was better than all of you. Deep down inside, she was a lazy frick who didn't want to go and work hard. Could just tell she was your your run-of-the-mill, leftist, feminist type of, of, of teachers who was going to go and help the little kids over in Harlem. They're going to help the minorities because screw whitey. They were, she was going, she was, she swallowed it whole. She was a true believer. And then she gets dumped in with a bunch of kids who I, I wonder. And see, here's, here's where, who, who do you believe? I hate, I hate to say it. I'm going to probably side with the kids on this one. Now, did they agitate the, the teacher? Yes. Should they have? No. Um, 
do but do these kids really hate white? It maybe wouldn't surprise me with today's, but I bet you how much you want to bet this was a crappy teacher and these she couldn't keep the kids in line. And these kids just they kind of sense they they didn't maybe have the conscious thought of like, hey, this gal's a poser. She's kissing our ass. The hair in my neck is going up. We're not learning anything about science. They may have not had that that conscious thought, but they 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 probably smelled a rat, like most kids, smart kids do anyway. When you got your teachers up there in front of you, uh, blowing smoke up your rear, and they probably revolted. And then, in other words, it wasn't necessarily racism. They weren't giving her guff because she was a white teacher. They were just giving her guff and then pulling whatever. And then they they made her snap. They they blew her cover. And then she blew up. And then, oh, now, now the reality of the world gets to you, precious little teachers. Now you prissy little white girls of the suburbs who's going to go to the inner city and help the disadvantaged youth. With, with this pie-in-the-sky poppycock BS, just like no different than a religion, no different than a missionary. You're going to go, what, bring Christ to the natives? Is that what you were going to do? You're going to go bring socialism to the black kids in Harlem? And, and it's just, just, like, just like bringing the, the God or Catholicism uh, uh, to, to the uh, Indians, and I mean the Spaniards, by force uh, through violence... It's not, it's not for the benefit of these natives. It's not for the benefit of the kids. It's always for the ego masturbation of the, of the, 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 uh, uh, the religious people, the clergymen, what we call them, the zealots, the ideologues. That's all teachers are now. But the, the especially precious ones are the, quote, missionaries that leave like evil, white suburbia, western civilization land, and you're going to go help out those poor kids in the inner city. And I think there's an element, certainly there's an element of uh, racial tensions. Certainly there may be some outright bigotry on both sides. I'd say more the kids than the teacher. But but, but the, hey, I'm here to help you because I know this, this sanctimonious, magnanimous, arrogant, cocky, I'm going to help you because you guys are too stupid to figure it out yourself. And we have this thing called socialism. It's the new Jesus Christ. And then when the natives revolt... Then when over on Cook Island they eat uh, Captain Cook, the cannibals, and, uh, and then you, and then you blow up. Then you when you realize they're not they're not like us. They're not converting. They're all a bunch of niggers and and whatever other things she said. Uh, then then all of a sudden, oh well, I guess your uh, church back home is gonna fire you because that's not the religion. See. You can't point out racial differences. You can't. Well, you certainly can't call people racial epithets. Now, that is that is discrimination and race. That that's that's uncalled for. But I just love it when these leftists, these socialists, and the frontline idiots, the dupes, the true the true dupes, not the devils, but the dupes. They're gonna go and they're gonna help out, and then they go teaching in the inner city, and then they uh, they get uh, they get windmilled. They get screwed over by their own. No one stands up for them. Nope, done. You're done. So what do you do now? What do you What do you teachers that end up facing the real world realities of socialism and race relations? And all what do you do when also like look? She tried to help these kids, saying like you're all gonna get shot. You're gonna. I mean, she was probably probably did take it seriously. It's like you guys have got to learn this stuff, otherwise you're not gonna survive. You're not gonna You're not gonna make it. Blah blah blah. For whatever care uh, there may have been there. 
Um, ah, oh, shit, I forgot where I was going. But it just—it's just—it's just nice to see. It's nice to see a leftist. Well, that's what I was gonna say. What do you do now? You can't go teach ever again. It's over for you. And now you now now without college support, educational support, government support, without this leftist machine running constant cover for you. Guess what, sugar? You can't say that either on the curse for you. Guess what, sweetheart? You gotta work for a living. You're in the private sector now. You get to live in the real world. There's no longer this huge government machine creating make-work jobs for you precious little teacher majors, your little education babysitting majors. If you, if you, if you slay or you slice at one of the main tenets and pillars of, of, of uh, the socialism thing. Well, and also if you have egregious behavior like that, so I could kind of understand. But now, what are you going to do, huh? What are you going to do? I thought, I thought they were just oppressed and misunderstood, sweetheart. I thought that it was always Whitey's fault. That that uh, of all their problems, and now you face it. Oh my gosh, you you cracked you 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 you. Oh, see the the problem is, she tried to lay down the law, but then she called them names. So it's it's like you you may have tried to provide some tough love, but you don't do that by calling black kids niggers. Just just a rule, just a little bit of a bit of a tidbit of advice there for you. Just a just a little bit of a free consultation. If you want to help out a young black kid, you don't lead in with the nigger comment, okay? Just saying. Just saying, you know? You want to help Hispanics, you don't go in there saying spick. You know, the Irish, although they don't really need that much help, you don't say mick or alky. <laughs> so that's one. Now, the other thing, uh, what is the other thing? Yeah, let's pull it up here. Oh, here, here's an advice for everybody, Okay. Uh, for whatever reason, be it the racial tensions or just general tensions, you can't even call it race because it seems to be prissy white spoiled cunt, uh, brats in the suburbs uh, that are protesting Trump. For whatever reason, you're getting angry at people or you're trying to convince them they're wrong. Okay, To the point that it would trigger behavior from you that would get you in trouble or that could get you in trouble in the law. But if it comes to that point where you've gone from trying to discuss and have a conversation with someone to try to convince them, reason with them, argue with them, not in, in, a, in a mean way, if it's gone from trying to reason them to your side to the fact that they're cursing at you, they're threatening you, um, and that you want to cause them harm, okay, fine. That's fine if you want to cause people harm. I'm all with you on that. But there's two ways... To cause people harm. And one way is that you'll go ahead and get yourself in trouble, either at the law or you'll end up getting a fight or whatever, or or you give them enough rope to hang themselves. Right, perfect example. And this, this applies to most of my listening eyes. Look, we're right because we're empiricists. We want truth. We don't have an ideology. It's not a religion. Okay, So we are trying to convince these people of what is right. Not not morally, it was just like, this is how the real world works. You can't can't all be collecting a government check. No, you're not discriminating. I mean, all this stuff, we, we are 100% right. There's no doubt about it. And I don't mean that in a religious sense. I mean that like we've looked it up. It all makes sense. It's been, t- here's the data. It's, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, a debate as far as I'm concerned, which is why I have the betting tactic and all this and why I'm going to tell you about this now. So if the person you're arguing with 
is arguing against reality, basically. You don't have to do anything to cause that person harm. I got a, a client now. He wants me to do a an a-hole consulting video where he, he tried to debate this leftist and he showed me the screenshots of the Facebook encounter. And I'm like, okay, she obviously, one, doesn't want to listen to reason or evidence. Two, is set on her mind and is closed-minded. And three, is starting to insult you and call you a fascist and a Nazi and all this other stuff. All right, fine. If you really want to get back at her, let her live her life. Let her continue on living in this delusional reality. I mean, it's no coincidence that the people who are most delusional are young because they don't live in the real world. They live in school where teachers like this are telling them stupid things and, oh, socialism is great and it's not your responsibility for everything or anything. So these kids, let them live in this delusional world. Let the kids, you know what? If the kids are giving you a guff in science class and they don't want to study science, you know what? Let them. Fine. Because if you're going to get to the point that you want to curse at them and swear at them and you obviously want them to do bad, then like you want them that you want to cause them harm because you're calling them nigger or whatever else. Why would you lose your career, lose your job, get uh, outcast as a genuine racist, uh, risk yourself a, a physical confidence? Why would you risk any of that when the real world is going to do so much more harm and damage to them? Where the real world is going to screw them over so badly that that no matter... And they're not going to listen to you anyway, but you could come up with the most evil of ways to get your revenge on these people. But it's not going to come anywhere near as close as to what the real world's going to do. The real world, and if you let them, if you push them, if you accelerate them into the real world, with their cluelessness, like you agree and amplify, you're just going to make it work. Classic example. Classic example. Let me let me give you an example. In the increasingly rarer times that I'm running into arguments with younger people, especially talking about their degrees, they always uh, tell me, okay, you're a racist, you're sad, whatever. Whatever the disagreement is, it's already gone hostile. They're already calling me names. They don't care to listen to reason or evidence. I'm actually trying to help them. So I always say, typically it's the context of like people saying like your uh, your video on journalism majors is wrong and you're not a ooh and they they do the there there that's that's the kind of arguments they're talking about. So they they've I've insulted their degree. They don't think they want to they want to get back at me or whatever. I'm like okay fine. I'm trying to help you. You're going to call me names fine. And you know what I do with these kids? You know what I tell them? I'd say, you know what, if you had a master's and certainly if you had a doctorate, I'd take you more seriously. But right now, you're just another typical 20-something millennial with a bachelor's degree, and that is nothing notable or, or um, uh, noteworthy. I push them to get their doctorate. I push them to get their master's degree. Why? Because that is going to screw them up way more than me beating them in an alley. That is going to ruin their lives way more than me ripping them a new one on the internet, making them cry for 10 minutes. I mean, I got this technique from the guy at the bar. Uh, long story short, I think I've told it before, but basically uh, I was at a bar, I was in a foul mood. I was already pretty drunk. And I see this fat, bald old guy coming in with this hot babe. And I was just pissed. I think I had I had dealt with another drama, typical American date, where it's like, I, you know, screw this, I'm, I'm done with this. 
And so I'm like looking at it, and then I was I was so drunk, I was not thinking correctly. So he went to the bathroom. I walked up there. I said, why the hell are you with that fat old man? What the hell is wrong with you? What the hell is wrong with me? What has he got that I don't have? And she couldn't answer. I think it was such a ballsy move. She couldn't answer. I said, screw it. And I just went back down. Well, she told this guy, and I later found out that she was a prostitute. <laughs> she was a call girl. You know what this guy did? Did this, did this guy, like, come over and do the bump, chest bump thing? No, you know what he did? He bought me another drink. Why? Because he knew that even if we got into a fight, he'd cause me a hell of a lot more damage than if he got me that extra drink that put me over into, like, Hangoverville and Throwupville. And that guy did it. That guy, that guy caused me more damage with that sly, couth, clever extra drink than, than, than any kind of fight or, front, or confrontation ever did. Or ever would. And that's what I'm saying here. Let the real world do this work for you. Another perfect example. Told you this story before again. There was the kid that got drunk in my class and punched me and kicked my car window in. They kicked him out of the school I was teaching at. Then I found out the school let him back in. And I was I was pissed. I'm like, God damn it. Okay, wait a minute. What What really happened there? What ended up happening is he went back to that fly-by-night for-profit uh, uh, scam artist school, and he ended up signing up for another $37,000 worth of loans. Let the kid live in the real, let him go down that path. And now I don't even think he's working in whatever field it was that he was studying. I keep tabs on him. I, I know where he is. <laughs> I don't forget. Uh, but he, what, what happened in reality is that he ended up having to go into further debt, further student loan debt, and his life was ruined all that much more. I'm saying, look, if it comes to this point that you're going to start cursing and swearing at people or calling them racial epithets, let them go. If you're on this side, if you're on the right side, libertarian, conservative side of reality, self-responsibility, self-ownership, all that other stuff, and you get in in a debate or an argument with someone, about these general political, philosophical, economic topics. And they're going to call you names and it's going to start becoming uh, name-calling. It's devolved to that. You know what? Encourage them. Let them go. Trick them. Say, yep, you know what? I Go ahead. You go get your doctorate in women's studies. You know what? Yep, you're right. You, you don't need a man. You don't need no man. Fish bicycle. You know what? Yep, you're right. Um... You're a virgin, Tom. By God, you should be a virgin. There is no reason to take it upon yourself the task of educating these fools. Well, they're not going to be educated. You're just going to fight them. That's all. You're just going to further ensconce them. Let life. And you know what? Life is so vicious and cruel. You know why? You know you can't. It's really hard to beat the punishment that life is going to deal out to these people. Just think about the time. You spend living life deluded, living under false pretenses, under wrong assumptions. I, okay, most of my audience has listened to this. Maybe not all the girls, but most of, most of you guys have. How many of you, what, is, what was the price you guys paid actually believing the single mom BS and all this touchy-feely, sensitive 90s guy BS where you're just supposed to be yourself and be nice to girls and all that? How much, how much did you pay? 
not in terms of like what you actually had to pay. Like, I bought all these flowers. I did all these things. Like, I'm not talking the financial cost or the time cost. I'm talking the psychological pain you would endure. We're like, I'm doing everything that they're, and not it's not working. That confusion, that insanity. And then the anger and rage, when you found out a little bit older, once we pieced together our notes, said, hey, wait a minute, we've been lied to this entire time. What was that pain like? What was it like having nobody tell you what the real world was like because they either didn't want to hurt your feelings or in the case of leftists, they want your vote or they want your money or they're going to use you as like as teachers do as ways to profit off of you. Oh, yep, everything's racism. Nope, it's not your fault that you had three kids out of wedlock and you blame everything on racism. Nope, it's all whitey. How many, I mean, look look at the, forget dating. Talk about the poor black community where they actually believe it's whitey keeping them down. I mean, how much pain and, and suffering do they suffer there psychologically? I'm talking, I know we see them financially and all that. That's documented. But imagine if you are your average young black kid you're constantly told it's impossible. You're constantly told Whitey's out to get you. And then and then you try or you don't or you, you don't try, you fail, but but there's no way out. There's no seeming solution. It's just really, really bad luck. Or you you girls that are fat and you believe in this fat acceptance BS that men should like you for who you are and they're shallow if they don't want to have sex with a with a three hundred pound sow. I mean, what? And then, and, and after a certain amount of time, you're not having any dates. You're not meeting any men you want to meet. You're not going to have a family. And those are certainly the cause. But then, what's the psychological pain that you live decades, perhaps your entire life as a feminist, not knowing why no man ever wanted to marry you or date you or have sex with you or have kids with you? You lost that. What's that like? And that's the pain that people who want to live in a delusional world of socialism, lack of responsibility, I'm entitled to everything. Oh, think you, you want to talk about another example? Just look at the bleep and bleep show of these kids who think Trump is going to come down and kill them. Look at these people who, who are protesting and they got to go to their safe spaces because they were not told what the real world was like. They've never been exposed to the real world. And what are their futures going to be like when they can't even function in the real world? You could, you could have an entire day with that person, yelling and screaming at them, perhaps going several rounds with them in a ring. Having their hands tied, but you could beat the crap out of them. You know what? It's going to come nowhere near to the pain and agony and confusion, the insanity they're going to suffer because they don't live in the real world. I mean, I even, here's another, I looked up the guy, I just kept tabs on him. They foreclosed on this guy. The guy lost his house. I think he went through divorce. I couldn't tell with the divorce records. He, he, he's a loser. He, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything. This person has been led to believe that he's better than everyone else. The laws don't apply to him. That he doesn't have to pay his house back. I can't. I could not. I'd have to swap. Maybe I could because I'm evil. But I would have to spend a lot of time. Think of a lot of sadistic stuff to wreak equivalent or more damage and havoc that the real world has wreaked on this guy for me. Well, not personally for me, but on himself, basically. There's another juicy tidbit. You want to talk about a blow to the ego when they find out they did it to themselves. Oh, that's great. And that's the first step towards, towards becoming a good person.
But this gal, you know what this gal should have done? Should have just walked out. Of course, her her belief in the religion is so strong. Maybe that's where it had to come to a confrontation. She should have just walked out. And then I'm saying it for you guys, okay? If you ever get to this point, you're you're trying to teach kids. For those few, one or two of you that happen to be conservative or libertarian teachers, you're trying to help out kids. Doesn't matter what race, they're all stupid. Uh, and you're trying to, hey, you got to major in this. You get, you're trying to undo all the brain. And they tell you to shove it or they don't respect you. Fine, you know what? Go to the principal. If it gets that bad that you got to start calling me, go to the principal and say, you know what? I just need a timeout. You're going to have to get a substitute. Walk away. Get a different career, a different profession. Do something else. But don't don't start name-calling. Because here's, here's the reason. One, not only is it not effective... But now, you, obviously, you, there's some other risks. There's your career risk. There's your educational risk. There's your finance risk. There's a physical risk. People you know, don't like being called names. And if it's already got to that level, and you're not dealing with very intelligent people if you're arguing with leftists. They're purely emotional creatures. Some of them will revert to violence, although I kind of get a joke out of looking at some of these hipster males. It's like, yeah. it's like a tiger tank going up against a bunch of Shermans. It's just... It's not a competition. But there's a physical risk. What? Why do it? Let them go. Let them go. The guy that you know who's got the controlling, manipulative, I can't say it, mean, mean, mean girlfriend or wife, and he doesn't listen to it, let him go. He'll learn. He will learn. The, uh... The uh, oh, the abusive boyfriend, you know, the girl's really hot, but then she goes out with the abusive guy, and you're like, dude, I'm a nice guy. Let her go. Let her go. She'll get knocked up. She'll she'll get beaten up. I've seen it happen multiple times. Let it go. Let it go. And especially the kids. And by kids, I mean 30 and under, millennial generation and under, K through college. I, I mean, unfortunately, they've been brainwashed to such a point that I... You know, the teachers get in on them and uh, they're essentially brainwashed zombies. I don't think there's any genuine independent thought going on there. But if it's your life, your career, trying to vainly, by the way, save these kids so that they might not go get shot, they might have jobs, they might major in STEM, they might not be a a, a debt-laden college graduate slinging coffee, and they're going to call you names or give you guff or just not respect, fine, let them go. Because I don't know about you, no matter how hard a punch I throw, I cannot cause as much damage as a $200,000 liberal arts degree from like, what is it, Middlebury? Is that one of them out there in the East Coast? I I can't cause that much damage. I cannot. Okay, well, is that one guy who punched the girl who attacked him and knocked her out? Now she's got brain damage. Okay. And it is funny because women want to be equal. She was attacking him. So I'm just saying. Uh, maybe you can cause a little bit, but then now you got legal trouble. See what I'm saying? Let them go. Avoid them. Don't do business with them. Have nothing to do with them. I- encourage them. Still, you know, buy th- buy Clary that extra drink when he yells at your your whore that you just rented for the night. Uh, uh, encourage that girl to continue on to get a master's in journalism or a doctorate, and then you'd really respect. Let them go. But it ain't, it ain't worth fighting this fight when the real world is going to do it for And you know what's sad, what's really, what's, what's sad, but it's also great because they deserve it, 
is like I said, I always wonder what these people think on their deathbed. Like, do, do they realize that their life was completely wasted following socialist, leftist, indoctrinated virtues? What did they do? Feminists ever wake up on their death? Because they're happening. It's happening. This third wave, whatever, whatever the '60s feminists were, they're going to be dying, and their lives are over. It's not. I mean, even if they did realize it, what they got one or two years left max before they die. Do they? Do you want to be that person? You don't want to be, but by gosh, it sure feels good when they've caused you all this grief and pain and agony in life, ruining dating for everyone else, ruining society, ruining Western civilization, ruining the United States. That when they die, when they're on that deathbed. And no one really hangs out with them because single moms or dysfunctional families or no children, whatever, fine. They, I, I cannot help but think they got to think, oh, I ruined it. And even if they did it, they ruined their entire lives. They wasted it. This guy's got to be pushing 40 by now. He's halfway dead, this personal uh, guy that I know. And he just got uh, foreclosed on two years ago. Oh, I mean, come on. This guy's in his 30s. He still hasn't figured it out. Let him go. Let him go. Get divorced, get knocked up, go do your thing. Yep, you're right, you're right. There's no amount of havoc or revenge that you could wreak upon these people that the real world is going to do itself. So I say let them go. All right, let's do some sponsors here. Uh, it, make it a very happy Christmas, a very cappy Christmas, uh, by helping the captain pay off his mortgage. You say, oh, do I have to give you money? Are you turned socialist? No. Just go to my Amazon affiliate account and do all your Christmas shopping there, all your online shopping there, forever, for the rest of your life. And then, then actually, I probably wouldn't even need Social Security. Uh, but uh, if you do all your online shopping through your Amazon affiliate account of the old captain, that will make me very happy. And if all of my listeners were to do that, uh, my financial projections calculate that I could pay off my mortgage by Christmas. And uh, no one is like a couple people. But we are so far behind. But... If you want to help out the old captain, please do so. You can find my Amazon affiliate account. You go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the little Amazon banner, a little logo there. That'll take you to Amazon's page and then any of the shopping that you do. During that shopping session, I get a 7% cut of all your purchases. Uh, also for Christmas, if you're looking to buy a family, friend, loved one, or yourself some books for Christmas, may I recommend my own. There is Reconnaissance Man. That is uh, an absolute must for uh, any young man or woman before they even start college. So if you got a high school kid uh, or someone who's in high school, or you happen to be you know, basically anyone who doesn't know what they want to do in life, go get that book. That'll help you out. Uh, the Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, obviously to help uh, our young black brothers, not even young, but black men, uh, get out of poverty. Uh, if you are sick and tired of being in poverty and you're sick and tired of being told, well, you can't do anything about it because it's whitey, and you'd like to take a little bit more of a proactive role and say, no, I'm not going down like that, get the black man's guide out of poverty. It is for black men who demand better and have the self-respect not to have their one li a shot in life just be pissed away by the Democrats. Uh, so that's available, paperback, Kindle, and audio. Bachelor Pad Economics, the uh, uh, financial advice Bible for men. That is an awesome book. That is an absolute must for every man out there, regardless of age. It is the financial planning roadmap from 14 to death and uh, it's a little bit pricey but it's absolutely worth it so please go get that book worthless the young person's indispensable guide for choosing the right major i don't know why that's not a bestseller it should be because its value should be very obvious <clears throat> if you happen to be a young kid in high school 
And you know that if you had a couple copies of these, it would cause a, sh- a bleep storm at your high school. Let me know. I sent out a couple uh, free copies to some young men at different high schools. So, uh, yeah, let's do it. Old Capu, I'll give back to the community. I'll give back to the community because that's what good liberals do. Uh, that'd just be great to get that book banned. I'd, I'd just like to see a fight start. I'd like to see somewhere on Drudge Report, kid gets crap kicked out of him because carrying book. Book says not to major in liberal arts. Pacifists beat him up. You know, something like that. That'd be nice. Uh, enjoy the decline, uh, which has gone down in sales because Trump got elected. But uh, I still believe the long-term fum- fundamentals of the country are poor. I still believe there's some systemic problems in the United States that if Trump doesn't fix, don't worry, this book will come right back on sale. So I, I'm hedged. I'm hedged. I got my bases covered no matter what. I got silver. I got to enjoy the decline. I liked it where oh, I was at. Matt Forney and Chris Beckloff, or was it Undertow? They all said, yeah, you should write the book, Enjoy the Ascent. It's like, oh, you young kids. You think there's hope. I mean, it was like, what, eight years after Reagan, all of a sudden we're... That started uh, Clinton, and we were in our uh, recession, was it? No, Clinton got reelected in 96, so it was 10 years. It's, don't Look, Reagan didn't last more than 10 or 12 years. I'm not talking his uh, administration. I'm talking the effects. And then, then what? Clinton, Bush uh, Jr., and certainly Obama ruined whatever progress was made under Reagan. And by that, see, I only, I only have like... Uh, Bernard Chapin said, I only got it to last 30 more years, man. And so Trump with two elections, that's 28, so all you got is, or that's that's uh, eight years, so it's 22 years left. That's that's all we need, guys. You you millennials keep voting in, uh, conservative, libertarian type. We, that's all we need. We just need, I need it for like 35 years. Bird's a little older. He only needs it for 30. If you could do us aging Gen Xers a bit of a favor... And keep electing conservative, you know, liberts our social securities checks uh, clear. That would be awesome. Uh, anyway, so enjoy the decline if you if you want to read what kind of mood Cappy was in when Obama got elected the second time. You can you can read that. Curse of the High IQ, a book for everybody that tunes into this uh, show. Uh, and I'm not joking about that. I know I personally went through a lot of hell when I was younger. Uh, if you don't have the money for the book, that's fine, but please go get your IQ tested. That is absolutely a must uh, because, like hey, like I said before, you want to talk about pain and agony and psychotic uh, insanity and the, the price you pay, try growing up being a genius and not knowing it, thinking there's something wrong with you the entire time. So for for 30 minutes with a, with an online IQ test, which is not, not professional – but I'll get you in the ballpark. You'll know. You'll know, like, holy crap. Uh, no wonder I'm having troubles, okay? And at least you know then. Instead of like me, where I was damn well near until I was like 34, 35, did I realize, oh my gosh, this is what the ramifications are. You want to talk about the anger and rage? Oh, oh, oh. remember how I keep tabs on people? There's a couple bosses I'm keeping tabs on too. Uh, so that's it. Curse of the High IQ. I strongly recommend that for everyone. Behind the Housing Crash. If you want to know what's going on with Behind the Housing Crash, I got that book out there. And then we have my other books, uh, Captain Capitalism Top Shelf, Captain Capitalism Reserved, and Captain's Quarterly. Uh, those are all the best of books of my pot, and not my podcast, my blog. 
So if you just want to like curl up in a nice cozy shed like this, in a nice cozy den, study den like this, um, those make great books. Uh, so you can go get those. All my books except for the the backup books and Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty are available in Kindle, paperback, and audio. Enjoy the declines coming up on audio here too in time for Christmas. So I know a lot of you... You don't like books, so you go with Kindle. And a lot of you don't like reading, so you go with audiobooks, uh, which is the one thing I agree with the millennials on. I, I don't understand why you would waste time reading a book when it could be listened to. So uh, hopefully that's convenient and conducive to all your types of schedules and lifestyles. Uh, make the old captain happy and, and buy some books out there for him. Then we have other people's book. We have Frank Servey's Uncle Nick, uh, Burning the Midnight, and uh, Parish, uh, uh, Pretty Lies Parish. You can find those all on Amazon.com. Uh, Uncle Nick and Burning the Midnight, they're the first book in the sequel, and they're about a fictional character who's totally red pill and has zero Fs to give. And so I kind of do... Frank, if you're listening, email me and let me know if you got that coming in on audiobook because I'd probably like to listen to it. Then we have two books that also make great Christmas. They all make great... They all, everything I list here makes great Christmas gifts. My books are a little bit more better Christmas gifty than others. But if, if you want to send in a marginal Christmas gift, you could get these other people's books too. <laughs> uh, but our good friend Adam Piggott, he has two books out there. Run Guts, Pull Cones, and then the other one, Pushing Rubber Downhill. If you don't know Adam Piggott, I recommend getting Pushing Rubber Downhill first. That is very much a must for every young man out there. Um, and that is, unlike Uncle Nick, a real-world uh, account of a, a man going red pill uh, I wouldn't say necessarily going his own way, but certainly that. Um, but uh, Adam's definitely a real man and a real guy and a real-world living example you could study and learn from. And uh, if you don't know if you want to buy his book, that's cool. You could go and read his blog. He has a blog called Pushing Robert Downhill, and he has a podcast as well. So maybe sample that a little bit, see if you like him. And then if you do, definitely get his books. T.J. Martinell's The Stringers. If you are looking for a book that is more whodunit, Sam Spade, but in the future, get T.J. Martinell's The Stringers. That's available in paperback at Kindle on Amazon.com. True Liberty, spelled Trollbert, T-R-U-L-B-E-R-T, like Dogbert or Catbert or Dilbert, but it's Trollbert. Pronounced True Liberty by Mitch Berg, who you can read over at ShotInTheDark.info. That is a fun book. It's basically Minneapolis in a post-apocalyptic world, and how all the Minnesota nice people just get killed, and it's awesome. So uh, it's it's not. I can't say that. It it certainly is not war and peace, but he gets some good zingers, and there's some clever stuff in that book. So if you haven't read it, you're looking for a good laugh, go and get that. I've Don't worry, I've tried to convince Mitch to convert it to Kindle and audiobook. You don't, you don't listen, because you know, once you hit 50, after you're over 50, something happens. And that's what's going to happen to Burn in like another four or five years. You're going to, hey, don't need listen, no kidding, diglish. And that's exactly how Mitch sounds, by the way. <laughs> Nosquam by Ann Sturzinger. You can visit Ann Sturzinger at annsturzinger.com. It's annsturzinger.com. And she has a book, Um It's N-V-S-Q-V-A-M. Her IQ is like about 200. And so when the IQs get that high, they start doing weird stuff like this. But to us mere mortals... 
having a book title of pure consonants doesn't make sense. But when you have an IQ of 200 like Anne does, it's really freaking funny at levels you and I are just too stupid to understand. But if you wanted to get depressed... Uh, good old Sergeant Greg, he 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 read it. He's like, this is the most. He liked it. And Glorious Carl, he's like, he couldn't. It actually affected him. Sergeant Greg was all right. He could still talk. Glorious Carl needed some time to recover from reading this book. So uh, if you want to help out our good female friend and Sturzinger, please do. Uh, feminisn't. It's feminisn't with the apostrophe by Janet Blomfeld. You all know her as Judgy Bitch. You can find her at judgybitch.com, but she sent me the book. And I, I just haven't gotten around to reading it, and so I wanted to say And then Average Married Dad's Guide to Health, Wealth, and a Sexy Marriage by Alex Peck. Um, I've been When I went cleaning through all my stuff to put stuff in the in the shed slash den, I found these books. I'm like, man, I haven't plugged these guys in a while, so I'll do it. So these are good books uh, on their own right, but if you want to buy them, that's Feminism by Janet Blomfeld. And The Average Married Dad's Guide to Health, Wealth, and a Sexy Marriage by Alex Peck. Kind of like a bachelor pad economics, except this guy's married. Um, and I, I did kind of read through it a little bit. And it's very thorough and, and very good. Um, so I would I would uh, strongly recommend that. Chris Muir's Day-by-Day Cartoon. Go to daybydaycartoon.com and visit Chris Muir. Send him your traffic um, and read the daily funny ha-ha's political cartoons. That he has at daybydaycartoon.com. And then J.R. Guerra. J.R. Guerra. J-R-G-U-E-R-R-A dot com. Uh, he's out in Seattle. Uh, and he has a guitar repair shop. So if you have some kind of guitar repair, uh, guitar repair needs, go out to jrguerra.com. But even if you're not in Seattle, he has an album. Uh, a Red Pill Manosphere album, the only of its kind, and it's good music, too. That would also make a very good uh, Christmas gift as well. So go to jrguera.com, um, buy the Red Pill CD. I think you just download it nowadays. I don't. You get a code and a download. It, it never worked for me, but um, he did email me the songs, and they're good. They're funny, but they're also very, well, some are even depressing, but the, but they're really good. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? Oh, filed under countries Aaron is not going to ever. Like, if I got drafted to save, like, let's say there's some war or something going on, and they said, oh, yeah, Sweden's in trouble. Uh, We got to draft you, Aaron. I'm like, no, no, you could send me to jail. I, I am not. Sweden is, it's a lost cause. It is a lost case. I know some of you probably have heard of this. You know what I'm going to talk about. But I, I had to talk about this. <clears throat> I didn't, Just because I want, I want a record. I want this documented so that if, if aliens ever come from outer space or there's a big nuclear war and then society kind of gets back on its feet again, that there's a historical record to say, okay, you know, maybe that next generation of humans or that next whatever, evolution of humans will say, you know what, let us learn from history and find out how the world blew itself up. And Sweden is going to be one of those tidbits of data, one of those data points that say, hey, look, here's where the crazy people started to breed and fester off of the never-ending breadbasket of government socialism until it ran out. From Heat Street, Sweden launches mansplaining hotline. Uh, Unionen... Sweden's largest union, with over half a million workers, has launched a dedicated hotline uh, for women to report mansplaining from their male co-workers. 
The hotline will operate from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Well, those are government hours. I guess that is union hours for one week and is supposed to highlight discrimination and lack of equality in the workplace. I, to us outside observers, we, we, I don't know if you Swedish men know this, but to us outside observers, we see it for what it is, and that is you're just getting screwed over. If there's a place where women are not inferior but superior to men, treated superiorly to men, it's Sweden. It's also here in the United States where we're constantly kissing their ass. Okay, But in Sweden, it's so pronounced, even the men here who are pretty blue pill or purple pill, like, well, women are discriminated against here. Even those guys, like, they're doing what in Sweden? Like, do those guys have their balls anymore? I mean, I mean even even our, our hipsters kind of are making fun of you. That's how bad it is over there, Sweden. Oh... <sighs> By paying attention to mansplaining, we hope to encourage interest in, in discussing gender equality and discrimination, says Mariana Aman, the union's deputy vice president, in the statement. For those women who don't know what mansplaining is, the workers' organization defines it as when a man explains something to a woman without being asked, particularly something which she might already know more about than the man. Well, when does that happen? When? I want to know when does that happen. Because women never nag. Is the opposite of mansplaining nagging? Because I have seen that happening. Where I've already decided on a route of action. I know it's going to work. It's not that important. But then there's a girl there somehow nitpicking, telling me how to do it better. And I, I would I would understand nagging if it led to time-saving or there was a really compelling reason to do it differently, but it never is. It's just to do it her way. So that's why we ignore it. You know how we ignore it? We just ignore it. We don't go get the government or the union or have a hotline. I mean, what feminists don't realize, especially Swedish feminists, is just how inferior you make yourselves look that you got to go get a hotline and constantly call attention and need a government bailout for everything. It is, it is the opposite of independent it is the opposite of strong. It is the opposite of masculine. I mean, you really are showing yourselves to be inferior here. Just a bunch of crybabies. Just a, and and the the what's the word I'm looking for? Cowardly and tiring tactic of claiming you're oppressed just to steal money from other people who aren't like you. That's that's what's really gross and disgusting. It's, it's just it's just so sickening how, how the Swedish women, not all of them, but the Swedish women think, ah, we're going to get these suckers again. Oh, we're discriminated against. And I don't know how you Swedish men keep doing it. Not why you keep falling for it. Why are you saying no? I guess there is some of you saying, like, screw it, we're done. We're not doing it anymore. You're dropping out. You're going real MGTOW. I can see that. And I can see they probably got some kind of, like, Law, or, you know, if if you don't, you know, if you if you voice your concern or you you stand up to this feminist BS, that they probably get jail time, and that's happening in the UK now. But I can't see how this has gotten so far without the rolling over on your backs of men over in Sweden. Uh, but I still I I don't see men splaining or mansplaining. Let alone if it does happen, how this is a crisis, how this is this is a side of sex. Isn't the man trying to explain it to to help her out? I understand women nagging is trying to help him out, or at least that's the stated reason. Although I think a lot of it is like an unconscious power play. 
But mansplain, I think the guy is actually... why. If he didn't like you, if he really didn't like you, he wouldn't even bother splaining it in the first place. When I heard that statement, I'm just kind of like, wow, this is, this is how childish and petty feminism and feminists have gotten. They came up with a term like that. I, you're not fooling us, okay? Whoever came out, you're not fooling us. Uh, the hotline campaign advertised on in Union's Facebook page unleashed a strong reaction, and unsurprisingly, it was mostly from men who felt that the campaign is targeted against them. Well, it is! Just what we need in society, more polarization, and people wonder why right-wing populism is on the rise. You are retarded, row on you. Good, good! A couple balls are coming into play. Feminists mansplain me all the time, was another comment. Others defended the campaign, however, good initiative, judging by the comments. It seems quite a lot of men feel this is aimed at them, so it shows how much of this kind of work is needed. Oh, shut up! I want to know the job that that person has or the lack of jobs. Just, don't you get sick to your stomach? Good initiative, but judging by the comments, we have a long way to go. Like, uh, who made you the judge? Why are you the moral authority? It is obviously not that all men expose women to mansplaining all the time. No, it has nothing to do with that, explained the union. It could be an absurd assertion, but enough women are affected for that to be a problem that needs to be highlighted, discussed, and solved. No, no, there is no solution. There is no, honest to God. Uh, Jessica Valenti, Clinton's victory will unleash mansplaining by mediocre dudes. <laughs> why is she? Oh, remember what I talked about? Remember what we talked about in the first segment about letting the real world handle it? How happy do you think these feminists working at this union are? How happy do you think Jessica Valenti is? Honest to God, to have such a boring intellectual life that you got to write an article titled Clinton's Victory Will Unleash Mansplaining by Mediocre Dudes. And how, how much of a cushy life do you have that mansplaining is like this crisis or a problem? You actually dedicate the bits of your finite life to addressing it. Honest to God. All right, let's get the rest of them. Sponsors in here. Um, AssholeConsulting.com, if you've got a question or you need help, Go to assholeconsulting.com. I'll take care of you for a fee. It is a, a fee service. It is not free. If you want free, go talk to Sweden and the union and, and, and uh, people. Uh, if you like to advertise on the podcast, you may have got about 3,000 listeners weekly. Uh, but you don't just get the podcast. You get the blog. You get the YouTube channel, and I plug you. And I charge 100 bucks a month. No guarantees, but I will guarantee you that if you don't make profit on your first month, you don't make more than $100 in sales, don't worry about it. No problem. No hard feelings. I want you to make money. That's what entrepreneurship is about. Elkincpa.com. If you have any accounting questions coming up, tax questions, or need some kind of tax or accounting services, contact Chad Elkins at elkincpa.com. Uh, do it now before tax season starts. Get your ducks, because once he's loaded up, once he has enough clients, he can't take on any more. Right. The other thing, and I just gave Chad a bit of advice on this. Not Risa, I just telling you, and this is advice for everybody. Uh, if you're the type of moron that constantly files for extensions and like you haven't filed taxes in three or four years, no, go talk to H&R Block. Go talk to an average accounting firm. Right? Chad only takes on good clients because, frankly, he has enough self-respect. He's not going to handle retard cases. So uh, he likes people that are responsible, have their act together. 
uh, file their taxes on time and aren't losers of society. So if you think the IRS is optional and, oh man, I got filing an extension, you're the, yeah, go, go to H&R Block. Go to one of the big four accounting firms. Take They'll take care of you. And um, they won't like you either. Uh, we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com. We have Small Scale Life, our good friend Tom, teaching about gardening and post-apocalyptic survival in the urban landscape. The World of Lori Zook, spelled Z-O-O-C-K. Carrie uh, Lutz's Financial Survival Network. Our good friend Silvio Canto, a Canto Talk. You can find that on Blog Talk Radio. BlowMeUpTom.com, that of course is St. Tom Likas. So if you want to listen to Tom, he's always online. Um, they stream constantly on his site, so you can listen to that. And if you're looking to advertise on another website slash podcast, please contact Gary over at BlowMeUpTom.com. Uh, and then Cynical Libertarian Society, I actually listened. I forgot about that. When I was going through all my old files, I'm like, oh yeah, this guy. And he had a great podcast. I listened to it about, um, I linked to it in the Link Fest, but it was about how, and he was ripping on uh, Common Filth, which I know is a big, uh, he's got a lot of fans among uh, Chris Beckloff and those guys on the Beckloff podcast. But uh, he had a really interesting observation of, like, if there is God, and this was all done by design, uh, then intelligence has a point and purpose. But if this was evolution, and the human brain and the human conscious and the human psyche uh, was by accident and not by design, well, then it was by accident, and therefore all thought is erroneous. And uh, he takes a little bit of getting used to He's like a stiff drink, especially at the beginning. Um, but I gotta, I gotta put him on the podcast world too. Oh, this is what happens when Cappy doesn't drive around and hike, and he actually becomes a professional. Starts remembering people. Uh, Glorious Carl's Glorious Hat at GloriousHat.com. It's cold. Oh, that's another thing I forgot to tell you. Like, so it started snowing today. So it was only perfect that I got to use my den, my study den, in my shed with the heater when it was cold and blustery outside. It was very blustery. Um, so, uh, get yourself a glorious hat to stay warm this winter. Race Riot Apparel, spelled R-A-Y-C-E, Race Riot Apparel, at CafePress.com slash Race Riot Apparel, if you want to get, uh, some shirts that are controversial and politically incorrect. Academic Composition, go to AcademicComposition.com, where our good friend Alex and his crackpot team of staff writers will write your papers for you. They also do resumes. For $100 per resume. So outsource. Do what corporations do. Corporations are smart. They always outsource. Why not outsource your stupid homework that you don't want to do? Because if you got to take transgendian, uh, transgender, trans, trans lesbian, trans lesbian gendered poetry studies, uh, and you just have to write white males suck and yay for Hitler or Marx, same difference. Um, actually, Hitler had a work ethic. <laughs> Why is Hitler better than Marx? I don't know. Why is Hitler better than Marx? The guy at least had hustle. That's <laughs> oh. So um, have have uh, his team write uh, your papers for you. If you're looking to write as well, uh, Alex is always hiring. Contact him at academiccomposition.com. And he also has marketing jobs, uh, which are not exciting. Uh, they're not high pay, but they are paid. And you can do them from wherever. So uh, if you're down on your luck, but you know how to write, or you, you know how to use an internet, uh, there you go. Contact Alex. JimFear138.blogspot.com and UndertowAudio.com if you are looking 
for people to do some kind of voice acting or voice recording, uh, contact those two young gentlemen, jimfear138.blogspot.com and undertowaudio.com. They're very busy. Also, you may want to consider hiring our friend David Serini at stairsattheworld.com. All three have great voices, and they have the recording equipment to record your recordings, whatever they may be, books or whatever, for you. Instagram.com slash ultimate reading list. If you are looking for a book to buy, to read, uh, either for yourself or for somebody else, uh, you're looking for book ideas, go to Instagram.com slash ultimate reading list and uh, contact Max. You can reach Max at max at wooter, W-O-O-T-E-R dot co, not com dot co. So that's max at Wooter, W-O-O-T-E-R, dot co, and tell them that the captain sent you, um, because uh, you could you can certainly buy the books directly from Instagram.com. But if you happen to be an author and you want to sell your books, I'm not joking. The hundred bucks a, uh, a month this guy charges, you will get your money's worth back on this guy. All right. So uh, go to Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. See if there's some interesting books for you to read or some books that you might want to buy for Christmas. But if you want to advertise on his site, uh, it got 28, 29,000 followers. Absolutely, uh, it's worth a hundred bucks. You, I can, I can't guarantee you, but I can almost promise you uh, that you will uh, get easily your hundred dollars worth uh, in advertising from that site. And then uh, follow the old captain. I got, uh, as you know, with Twitter, uh, they're cracking down on. Admittedly, you could say alt right or some of the more fringe elements, but. I don't trust the left in Silicon Valley uh, to delineate the nuanced and different arguments between genuine alt-right and then, uh, not to curse, but shit-lording posting alt-right. I don't even think they can discern between sarcasm and trolling. Uh, so they're cracking down on uh, their Twitter. But that's all right, because Twitter was going to go bankrupt anyway. So you can follow me on Twitter, you can follow me on YouTube, all that other stuff. But there are two websites that people from the right, at least, are migrating to. Uh, that is Gab.ai. That's Twitter's replacement. And then uh, Minds.com. That's kind of the Facebook replacement. So I have accounts there. If you want to go ahead and follow me on Gab.ai and Minds.com, uh, that's just kind of where the old captain has is kind of like, uh, you know, his piece of property in Thailand in case the United States goes belly up. So uh, we got that there. And then if you're interested in learning about financing and investing and all that other stuff, I have two classes online. you got to pay for them, unfortunately, because I'm a greedy capitalist bastard. Uh, you can take the analysis evaluation of stocks, and you can take stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. And the analysis evaluation of stocks is precisely that. It's a very thorough, very intense course on stock valuation and analysis. You'll learn to read financial statements. You'll learn about accounting, balance sheets, ratios, stock valuation techniques, economics. It's a very good, very good class that I like very much. Uh, the other one is uh, not my favorite, but it, it, it's more applicable, I guess. It's uh, Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. Uh, that is an introductory course about a mile wide and an inch deep that tells you everything there is in an introductory level about personal financial planning, retirement planning, stuff like that. Uh, so if you are looking to take these classes, you can find them online. Just search them. Search them by title. They're offered at hundreds of different uh, community ed school type places. Uh, and since it's offered online, you can take it wherever it's cheapest. So do a little bit of shopping around. Uh, and then, what else? That's it. That's it for the sponsors. Let's do a little bit of fan mail. Clary, can you please post the excerpt from one of your older podcast episodes 
where you talked about how you used to be nice but are no longer nice. You mentioned driving around to different stores around your city to buy St. Patrick's Day stuff for a girlfriend thinking that she would appreciate it. She responded by going totally histrionic on you. That part of the podcast was so good that I had to pull over and listen to it carefully a second time. Your ending message was something like, you never go out of your way for a woman. Wish I had this wisdom when I was young and stupid. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, I um, I can't find it. I don't know where it is, but I'll just I'll just tell it again for the brevity. Um, and it's it's worth repeating. The, the story goes, Back long ago in a time far away, when Captain was a young, stupid boy, and his, his facial hair was not gray. Um, I think I was like 28 or 29 or something. And the year before, and you guys could see this on the internet, I had... I have, I still have to this day this big poofy Irish leprechaun hat, and I always wear it on St. Patrick's Day, and uh, it's, it's 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 so goofy, it's hilarious. People like it, so it's it's uh, one of my favorite hats. I always wear it on St. Patrick's Day. So I had a date with a girl the next year that landed on St. Patrick's Day. So I thought, you know, it's the first date with the girl, and by this time, I, I you know, you want to make the girls comfortable, lighthearted, brevity. So I thought, okay, what I'm going to do, because it's going to be on St. Patrick's Day, I'm going to get her the exact same hat. Target's got to have the hat somewhere. Uh, So I was going to go get this hat. I'd give it to her. It's such a goofy-looking hat. It would relax things. It would be fun. And uh, and that was my strategy. So I went, and and I went to, what, Target number one, which is in Roseville. It, It is no more. This is how long ago this is. This is like when Target... They didn't have super targets back then. This is the regular target. And I ended up going to like five or six different targets. Maybe not six. Probably five or four <clears throat> different targets. I ended up having to go to the one downtown. So I paid parking. Remember, because even where I parked, I, I paid for parking. Um, walked into the thing. Found like the last one is the exact same hat. I'm like, cool. This is funny. This is charming. This will This will make her relaxed. And so I had the extra hat. So I go and pick her up. And uh, I have my stupid hat on, St. Patrick's Day. And I have her hat in my hand. I knock on the door. And she opens the door. And she's like, hi. She's like a little confused. I'm like, happy St. Patrick's Day. And so I say, I got you a hat. And I'm thinking, not that this was like a smooth move, you know. But later on the charming stuff, I'd open up a can of charm later on that night. But I thought this would get a laugh. Or a smile, or an eye roll, or something that would be like, you know, the guard would be down, the girl would feel comfortable on the date, there wouldn't be any awkwardness, she'd know I'm this funny, kind of relaxed guy, and instead of that, like, she just had this panic look on her face, like, her eyes went wide, and she just, you know, like, stood. I'm like, well, here you go, it's just a hat, and, and she's like, well, I can't wear this. I'm like, why not? It's St. Patrick's Day. And you guys got it. You almost have to look this hat up. Just search Aaron Claire. I think one of my my pictures on there on the Google images is me with this hat. I'm thinking, like, this is the most innocent of hats. Like, people are going to get a kick out of it because everyone wears hats on St. Patrick's Day. And I can't even remember what we're going to do date-wise. And so I'm thinking, like, but we're going to go out. There's going to be people with hats. And we'll have these stupid hats. And uh, she's like, no, no, I just can't. I'm, I'm not going to wear that. I'm like, oh, all right. So we, we now, now it backfired. It backfired on me. I thought this would 
lessened the tension. And all this did was make it like worse. This just made it like now it was tense. Now it was awkward. So I get into the car, I put her hat in behind and we're driving. And I'm pretty sure like she was even uncomfortable with me wearing the hat. It, this is coming up on 10, 15 years ago, guys. So you, you're going to have to forgive me if I don't remember it correctly. But uh, what I do remember is the date didn't go well. I didn't have fun. Um, it, and it just, and I didn't even want to call the girl back for a second date. And she was hot. She was one of the, the few Asian girls I do find attractive. I just, it, it, I don't, I, I recall it like, yeah, I, I do not want to call this girl. Uh, and she was cold. She was cold and stoic and reserved the entire date. It, it 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 was like I had I had asked her to have sex uh, when I came up to the door, and uh, by that time I was old enough to know that there was something wrong with this girl. I probably didn't even I think I probably did drop her off. I didn't even walk her up to the door. Remember when you used to do that, guys? When you were stupid, you walk girls up to the door. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm dating. I walk through the door with the person I live with. Anyway, um, I kind of knew even at that time, like yeah, this is somebody I don't. I mean, if you don't like the Irish leprechaun hat, then I don't want to have anything to do with you. Victor Borga is a good other measuring tool. Like, if, if a girl didn't like Victor Borga, I'm like, yeah, it ain't going to work out between us. And it, we can still have sex, but you're leaving tomorrow morning the next day. Um, but, yeah, for for the lesson, like, no, I, I learned my lesson. I, I kind of sat back and I did the math. And I said, all right, I spent, gosh, the better part of a day going to different targets. Um, and never, you know, and, and parking fee downtown, and Evelyn going to die. Okay, here it is. I I spend a good what four hours, and whatever token amount of money it was to get that hat, and it just, I, it, it just, it was debilitating. It was kind of like, yeah, you know what, cute stuff. You save that for a girl that deserves it. And it's really sad because you could use cute gimmicks and charm and wit to kind of woo him, like that's how you get him. But if it requires any effort or time or thought or calories of energy, like if it's not just a cute, clever little saying, it's not worth investing the time going to find, it's certainly not worth the four hours I went to find that stupid hat. It just, it's just not. Don't write poetry, don't get flowers as as per our last podcast. You, you got there is so much more important stuff to be doing with your time. And you'd like to think, well, wait, and how am I going to, you're not going to get the girl anyway. You're not, you're not and, and, and the girl that you are going to get, that's who you save that cute stuff up for. You save the flowers and the poetry and the jewelry and the dancing and the Irish hats for girls that have proven they deserve it. You don't use that wit or charm in terms of crafts. Like, remember last podcast, I talked about how I sold them all. It took forever to sew that stupid mold. That was a waste of time. That was the, the the last person in the world got that mold that deserved it. She was a, she was one of the most evil, uh, just a true word of the word bitch that I've ever dated. She was just, just did. But I thought that's what clever, I mean, that was, you know, oh, this is look at how cool and funny I am. Uh, so no, you don't spend the time. You don't waste your time. You certainly don't spend the money. Uh, on that cute stuff because it never I, I like to say that it would pay off that you think that's how you're going to no all you do is you waste your time on the 99% of women that don't deserve it they think they're special you you give them a, an inflated sense of ego or you scare them 
Which, I mean, in that case, you could kind of say, oh, that's a good way to use your charm and your wit and your cleverness. You use this as a tool to find out whether you'd even want to date this girl a second time. Because that, that did probably save me, Lord knows, how much in pain and agony. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I mean, this isn't anything new. This is, this is kind of, to quote Tom Likas, Likas 101. You don't do cute, fancy, yeah, drinks. Maybe you use a one-liner and that's it. That is it. Yeah, the the days of buying Irish hats and flowers. I, and I'm sorry, ladies, too bad. You, If you want it now, we're going to need a couple decades, at least a generation, where you're buying us stuff, where you're coming up with cutesy, artsy, fartsy stuff. But otherwise, yeah, I could totally see. What, you know, yeah, stay at home, play video games, anything. You got four, What else can you do with four hours? You can make some money. You could write a great post. You could do some homework. There's so much else you could do aside from buying an Irish hat that would be worth it. And in the long run, that's what I'd recommend. So anyway, that's it. That's all we got for the podcast. If you would, please be so kind to spread the good word of the podcast. Tell people about it through the Facebook, the Googles, the YouTubes, the Twitters, whatever other social media they got out there. Um, I'm kind of hoping there's a shakedown. That I'm predicting, although I wouldn't put money on it, but I would not be surprised, let's just say, a year from now, some of the big names like Twitter aren't going to be around or they're not going to be as big as they were. So there may be some, uh, maybe some new kids on the block. But if you could, spread the word however you spread it. Uh, the old captain, buy the books, go to the blog, all that other stuff. We'll catch you kids later. Toodles.